Hey, good every good afternoon, everyone. We're back. We're back. Today, I we know. Are well, we angry still? Uh, are we I'm still, still angry. Well, we, I'm, I'm angry. Are we perturbed? A little bit of everything. Let's just throw it like a pot of gumbo. Yeah, I mean, look, good folks. We just did the other show. We just finished doing episode 18. We're on to episode 19. I know some of y'all are thinking, like, damn, these guys just go. Yes, these niggas got too much free time on their hands. But in all actuality, we really don't. But what I will say is, the death of DMX is something to me that, like, I, it's sad because it's tragic. It's very tragic because people, people want to call him a crackhead, this, that, and the third. But I want to ask you all a question to you, to you judgmental motherfuckers. When your grandmother and your grandfather and your aunts were raising you, and uh, you had that uh, that special aunt. Aunt Janice or Aunt Peaches come through. Or the uncle. Uncle, yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't have the heart to tell you that your Aunt Janice or Aunt Peaches or your Uncle Herb was actually your uh, mother or father. Because um, their crack addiction was so strong that they couldn't raise you. So before y'all go judging somebody, take a look at what's going on and how you were fucking raised. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going I'm, to... I'm a little... I'm, I'm, I'm actually angry because addiction is something that is not just about a physical thing. It's a mental health thing. Yes, it is. I'm not an expert on addiction like that, but I can tell you this much. Two things I want to discuss in this show is addiction and mental health. Because the black community thinks it's still fucking funny to laugh at anyone who has a mental health issue. People like to use the word retard. Oh, that's just straight retarded. That nigga's yo. That nigga got issues. That nigga, listen. We all got, we got issues. issues. That we have to deal with, bro. Well, hell yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I suffer from a form of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I get every now. I've had anxiety attacks. I've had uh, anxiety attacks playing basketball. I've had anxiety attacks in the middle of a game where I broke down, like literally crying for no reason. I just deal with it, and um, I usually won't say nothing about it because it's private. Right. But the death of my brother has caused a lot of my anxiety. For those who don't know, my youngest brother was killed when he was 22 years old, 13 years ago. Mm. So, um, give me a second. Mm. I didn't realize it was going to strike me like that. It's Okay. So, uh, one of the toughest things I deal with is uh, I find myself getting emotional for no reason. But um, I don't go, I haven't seeked help or therapy yet because, one, (laughs) I don't trust too many people. And I'm not really trustworthy when it comes to therapists, even though I've been thinking about it. And I know it's eventually I'm going to have to do it. And two, it, it, is a, it is a stigma in the black community that we're supposed to be tough. And if you don't do it, you're soft. Yep. We've heard that shit. Oh, y'all. Y'all bit. It's, a, it's kind of a weak look for a black man, man. to be uh, yeah. in check with his feelings. Most de- Hey, listen. I don't mean to cut you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, man. It's just that, it, that what you just said hit a nerve because a lot. I'm a. Look, I'm going to open up. I'm going to tell y'all some shit. 
My upbringing was not the best. I dealt with a lot of shit, you know, watching my mother be abused. My father was an alcoholic right on up to the day he died. I think we've all had that some situations. Yeah. I've had to deal with that. My mom, I grew up without no father. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in the poor neighborhoods. We, mm-hmm. we grew up in the Reagan mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Crack was around. Yeah. So we know we we never had an easy path in life. Nope. Both of my pa- what's amazing is my both of my parents worked, but I watched my mother struggle, watched my mother get her ass beat, watched my father coming in drunken stupors, couldn't have friends over all the time because you weren't sure if he was gonna be sober or not. I was like one of the few friends and, I got to Yeah. Because I lived yeah. like the street she over. over. Yeah. That was what's so cool about me and you. That's why I think we've been friends for so long and now we're family. Yeah. But when we was kids, we went to the same school. Yep. Lived one street she over. So like your mother knew I was coming over. My grandmother knew you was coming, coming over. Yeah. And that was. that was the, That's the dope part about it, man. That was it. Because like, even like you said, you couldn't have a lot of friends. I couldn't even have a lot of friends come over. They, you, they knew you because you. We went to same school, so they was like, "Yep, that's Mike. There's Troy." And Troy, your grandma and your grandmother knew my father, yeah, so. so she knew she knew they Louis. Was comfortable, like, if anybody yeah. knew, yeah. But see, this is see, this is the, this is the thing. Like when you know, after my father passed, was every man your father was a good dude. And I'm like, yeah, to you, to you and everybody else. That's how it was with a lot of black men. Black men. I knew my father. My father lived in Providence. And his whole time, I, I barely saw him. I saw my uncles more than I saw my dad. See. And when I graduated in 95, here's a funny story. You know when you graduate, you get to invite a certain amount of people to your graduation. Yep. I never, I invited my grandmother, my two sisters, my younger brother, my mom, and that was it. Mm. Now, my mother, who passed away in 2005, I swear to God. I, oh, yeah, before my dad. I swear to God she reached out to my dad because when we got... When I go to my thing for my graduation, I got my suit, tie on, mm-hmm. my cap and gown. I look to where all the people that are watching thing. My dad's there. Now we're on stage, we're walking, getting our things. I look over, I see my family. They're all jumping up and down because I'm. It's a high school graduation. I look, I see this person right there. It's my father, and I'm like, oh, I never understood how he got a ticket to the thing. My mother never told me if she did or didn't because she ended up passing away too thought Because my father ended up dying two years later after I graduated. He died oh. in 97. Yeesh. So, long story short was, he showed up at my graduation. Like, I had two years of reconciliation because I kind of forgave him mm-hmm. after all the shit that I went through. Because he was there at my graduation for my one moment. He wasn't ever there when I played sports. But when I graduated high school, he was there. So, the animosity that I had... I kind of just let her go for a little bit, and then he died. So I, I, I kind of felt like I got cheated in the end because I only got two years. But years later, my mom passed away, and I never got to ask her, how did he get a, a <laughs> thing to think? So my my brain's like, yo, do put the math together. Yeah. Mom got in touch with my pops. Mm-hmm. Probably told me, if you ain't never been in this boy's life, be there for this moment. Yeah. And he was there. So, long story short, I love you, William George. Love you, Sylvia Lee Gibson. Thank you. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back yeah. to addiction, Ooh. but mental health. health. 
see, that's where it ties in, man. With your story right there, you think about this. We all, you know, those of you who are in, who are on Instagram and follow Roxanne, the real Roxanne, that yeah, you know. Whoa, you, you're talking yeah, about Roxanne yeah, Shante, the, the, yeah. the video she made yeah. out of X-Pac. Yeah, I watched that. I never knew she. she wow. Yeah, her story is. Her amazing. story is similar it, it, to it his. Is. Yeah, that was crazy. And, like I literally. I watched that at work. I wasn't tears listening to her. Yeah, see, that's see, that, and that's the thing, man. Once again, piggybacking off the last show, dear America, we have issues that a lot of y'all deal with, but you have resources available to you. Mm. A lot of us, because of our the way we were raised, the way our parents were raised, grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. Especially for black men. As Troy stated earlier, if we express ourselves, we're called soft. It's, you know, we're called soft. It's not a good, you know, it's not a good look. But I'm going to tell you, at the age of 12, this is where mental health comes in and how addiction, someone else's addiction affects your mental health. I was 12 years old. I had had enough of my father and his bullshit. I had a plan. He pissed me off on a Friday morning. It was April of 1988. My father, who decided he wanted to be home after being out the house for a good week or so, and everyone was happy because he wasn't in the house fucking shit up and disturbing our groove, decides he's going to tell me that I can't wear a certain pair of pants. Which my 12-year-old mind was like, now I went from 12 to 22. And I had to let him know, you can't tell me what to wear. You got to be here and raise me. Not be in the streets with your hoes and your niggas. Getting drunk. Because now you decided you want to play super dad. That pissed me off so much that I went to... I actually... I, I didn't even give a damn about ironing clothes. I went out the house wrinkled. Remember that? We could never leave the, the house, house unless your clothes yeah. are ironed. You had, a, and you had to have a crease in your yeah. pants. Oh, my God. And it had to be, you had to start your shit. <laughs> you had to start your crease. You had to, I remember that, that. Why was that like so per, a, a thing for the black <laughs> black people? Well, Don't be walking out the, the house with your clothes, clothes ironed. Yeah, yeah, you I had to be. to go outside right, and go play. Right. And then they used to tell you, don't get your clothes dirty. Well, remember, your player clothes had to be ironed, too. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Remember that shit? Go home for school. You had your school clothes. Change out your school clothes. Put on your clothes. You're going to go can you work. Can you see why we have the mental health issues that we have now? <laughs> I can make fun of this shit, but it's the truth. But I'm, let me finish my story, though. Go ahead, go ahead. But, I just thought that was real funny because I thought I was the only one that experienced nah, some shit like that. Shit, I don't know. My, my father was so military. He, if he did that, if he, when he decided to do the laundry, the motherfucker, you I, military. you remember Mickey? Yeah, that, Mickey. yeah, those two motherfuckers. Pardon my French. <laughs> my father literally. Mickey used to make us do that shit. That's where I learned that shit from. Look, my father literally starched my damn drawers. <laughs> you, you laugh. You ain't if you ain't never had a pair of starched drawers. You don't understand how you have no freedom around your around your nutsack. This shit's fucked up. That. I'm telling y'all, I can laugh now, but when I was 12, 11, 12 years old, you you going to school, the only motherfucker in the place with starch drawers. Your boxes, my boxes had fucking creases. 
This shit's fucked up. But allow me to digress. Wusan, brother. <laughs> but my father had pissed me off so much that I sat there and planned and plotted to kill him. My father was a gun. He was a gun enthusiast. He loved his guns. And he showed us how to assemble, to, dis, to, 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 to disassemble and reassemble firearms and use them properly. We had a uh, 12-gauge Mossberg shoddy. shoddy. Yes. Pump action shotgun. Take off a limb. Yeah, take off a head. And I was pissed off to the point where I, had, I, I started speaking it and I was so determined because I learned the word fruition at that time. And I wanted to kill him. I wanted to kill my father. At that point, I began, I was diagnosed at an early age with PTSD and depression and anxiety. Every black person in America suffers some form of PTSD. Yes. Don't let nobody tell you you don't. don't. Every black and Latino suffers a form of PTSD. Yes. And my father, you know, the, the, my resource teacher called my mother. My mother sends my older brother up to get me from school, which was a whole another story, because then he tried to beat the shit out of me. You damn, what the hell's wrong with you saying all that shit? And I just got mad at my brother and told him, hey, man, you know, I'm sick of the bullshit. I'm tired of daddy's shit. I can't deal with that shit. I'm 12 years old, and I want to kill myself because I don't want to live. In the situation I you were in. Couldn't do, just couldn't do it. A lot of the shit that we went through, like, I think a lot of shit any black man or black child goes through is a stem up because of the shit that we see in our environment. A lot of reasons why we act out, because I acted up in school. Yeah. I remember they tried to tell me I needed Ritalin. Yeah. Give me Ritalin. I remember that shit. it wasn't just Ritalin. I didn't do that. It was a lot of shit that was going on in my personal life. We go through some shit with kids. Yeah. Kids are not supposed to be worrying about electricity home watching parents of moms getting beat, beat up yeah i mean drunk fathers absent fathers and we lived in an era that was so fucked up the reagan and the reaganomic era fucked up a lot of us we you figure we came up in the era where crack crack was now the new drug we just finished we went from the 70s which was all heroin based to the 80s where now cocaine was now available to the black community because it was no longer a expensive drug. Then you first now, you know, because we're going to jump, we're going to talk about X for a minute. I've talked about myself enough. I'll, I'll talk about my shit later on. But when you listen to DMX and you, you know, you listen, you, know, you go back and listen to the story and hear how he got started on his road. Oh, yeah, his, man. his man. His man. That's, his man who laced his shit, gave him a, yeah, a woo banger. Yeah, that was crazy. I saw that video, and I heard what he was saying, and he looked up to bro. He did. Yeah. He did the little bid from when he was seven to fourteen. Yeah. He got out. Yep. His man late hit him with some lace. Like yeah, and that's how you know that what started his downward spiral. And that's what happens in a lot of in a lot of communities with black folks is that you always got that one friend who may slip you at Mickey. I can honestly say myself, I'm fortunate and blessed that I've never got into drugs. Like, I have family members that have fought the, the battle and they've been sober. Yeah. And I've seen what they've gone through. So my mental state at that age, watching the adults before me fight their demons. Yeah. 
was the only reason why I would never want to do it. Not because of what they went through, it was because I saw the hurt <clears throat> and how it affected people in my family. Yeah. I got a lot of family members that are clean now. Clean and God sober. bless. So they was I watched them and learned from them. I don't yeah. drink and I don't smoke. Now, it's just me. I'm my pedestal. Yeah. Yep. Nah, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sit up there and say I'm some saint. Yep. I drink a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Nope. Don't, you know, it may take a, it may take a toe, Karen. Yeah, I don't care. I, I don't hold judgment on anybody mm -hmm. that does it. There's people out there that do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But like you were saying, yeah. There's so many things, but that's, that's the thing. People don't understand when you're trapped in a certain, you're stuck in a neighborhood where everyone's on top of everybody. There's no, there's no place that you can really go to free yourself for an hour or two to escape your reality. And for for guys like X and Black Rob, that drug was freeing for them. Their choice, their, their poison, their choice of drug was the thing that freed them and gave them that 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 feeling of I'm like I'm, you know, I'm I'm away from the shit for a minute. There's a song by a rapper by the name of Sky Zoo called My Interpretation. Dope rapper, Sky. Low key, uh, underrated. Yes, Brooklyn MC. But he has a song called "My Interpretation," which talks about addiction. I'm not afraid to hold hands from the other side. So when you start listening to the lyrics and you and you you read them, to those of you who decide that you want to like listen to the show. And you look up the artist, and if you do look up Sky Zoo, look up the song My Interpretation. Get the if you can get the lyrics, read the lyrics. And it will it'll help you understand what someone who is addicted to drugs, alcohol, pills, or whatever. As I was saying. Um, oh, folks, real quick. Gotta pay them bills. I'm sorry to sorry to stop where I had, where I was. Went past the time. Hey, if you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain this to you. It's free. What's what? It's free. Free for me. Yes, it is. Now, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now... Let's get back into it. Yes, sir. But, you know, what people don't grasp is is that, you know, addiction is something that's real. There's people who are addicted to drugs, alcohol, sex, sex food. food, yes, clothes. and clothes. You know, you feel like... I'm a I'm addicted to sneakers. <laughs> I'm a sneaker junkie. junkie. Hey, I like, I like food and sex. <laughs> Ain't no wrong that. No, but... At a certain point, though, you do have to break down and go to counseling. And one thing about counseling is, is that the counselor will tell you, you can't, you know, you can't point your finger at everybody else. You got to look at yourself first. Mm -hmm. Looking at yourself first will help you out in so many ways that you can, you can seriously, you can sit there and start to understand exactly why as an adult you have some of the issues that you have. Now, granted, yes. Some things from your childhood will never go away. Nah. You those things will never go away. There's some things that still haunt me to this day, and I'm in my we're in our forties. Right. There is things 
there are areas like I work on the south side of Providence, mm-hmm. and whenever I take the bus by Public Street, mm-hmm. I remember some of my childhood and how it was tough. Right. And how uh, we had to deal with shit, no hot water, no electricity, and so certain shit. I catch myself having flashbacks. Yep. Like this morning, I was literally crying on the bus coming home from work because we drove by. Yeah. And I just, for some reason, anxiety attack on the bus. Yeah, those things. Listen, man. Troy, let me tell you something. I'm going to say this to everyone that's listening. It doesn't make you, you know, some people, some people can't open up like that and, and, and fully articulate how they feel. I was one of the people. It took me, it took me years to finally just be like, something's wrong. When my brother passed away is when I started realizing it. Yeah. And it was like a year or two after that is when I started having these anxiety attacks. And, it, and I could first I couldn't put myself, scratch my head and be like, yo, what the hell's wrong with me? Right. As you were saying. So, uh, it took me a while to understand because shit. After my brother's death, I just felt a disconnection from who I used to be. I tell people, I was like, when my brother died, I had lost a piece of me. Yeah. And that's where I started realizing that I had uh, anxiety and I was suffering from my form of depression. Yeah. She's re- this is the thing when people, this is what pisses me off about, the, like as with DMX, people pray to God, pray to God, pray to God, pray to God. You can pray to God all you want. Excuse me, folks. My door swung open. <laughs> you can pray to God, but it, it, as we all have seen, God's not going to answer that call all the oh, time. God. That doesn't work. Like, I'm no. not knocking for those who are having belief into Christianity, religion. I'm not knocking for that. Trust me. No. I lost my brother. I did a bunch of praying. Mm-hmm. Praying for answers. Praying to get a better understanding of why things happen. I didn't get no answers. Nope. Nope. So, so y- y'all need to stop with that, please. Seriously. No, I can't say to stop because there's some. If you believe that, yeah, but fine. But you know, at that time, that's not what you the need worst, to hear. The worst thing I heard, and I, and I say this, was the worst thing you could say to a person going through a loss is that the person that they lost is in a better place. Yes. Oh. That to me, that that bugged me the most. And I never said nothing to nobody about it. But when people used to say that to me, that uh, that irked me so much. But I was going through so much hurt. And I had to be, as one of the older brothers, as as the third oldest out of the six. Mm -hmm. My two older brothers were unfortunately incarcerated. So I was there to be for my sister. And stuff. And yep. Put on that front for the rest of the family. You had to be strong. Cause they always tell you the first thing they tell you: be strong, be strong. Yep. Be strong is like the word for everything. So I didn't get a chance to deal the way, or grieve the way I wanted to. Right. Because I had to be strong for everybody else. Which affect, which later on affected your mental health. And it still affects my mental health because there's times where I just get depressed because. I'll tell you this, only a few people know. When my brother was murdered, I talked to him on the Tuesday. He got murdered on a Friday. 
I feel guilty because I felt like I should have been able to do something. Now, everybody, I've heard the story that there was nothing you could do. My mind state as an older brother, I should have been there to save my brother. Right. So I live with guilt. And that was part of the guilt I get is because I feel like I didn't save my brother. But like you said, we deal with things. We deal mm -hmm. with things uh, in the black community. We deal with things so differently. We get told to do differently because it's considered a sign of weakness. Yes, and that and see, and that's where you got to look at the people who are telling you is weak to open up and express yourself. How fucked up are they? That's you know, the ex, the people in his yeah. corner. Yeah. People in your corner, like I don't, I don't. I never had a chance to meet DMX, even though the brother would have hung out in Rhode Island and later on in his life, he was, he, Rhode Island was like a hangout spot for him. Yeah. Because I remember seeing days, people saw him in downtown Broward. He was right up the street here at the, at, at the gas station at one point. <laughs> so, you know? I was going to show you. There's so many, but he's had so many people when he was on top of his game, so many yes men. Yeah. And all that. And then when he started having his issues, those yes men wasn't there for him no more. Yeah, they were doing a lot of shit talking. Yeah, bashing that brother. Yeah, Ja Rule was one of them. Ja, ja can't say nothing. Look at his shit now. I'm not. I, I don't. Reality, know reality TV. But I mean, he had he said something to the effect of, you know, I ain't sucking dick for no crack. You know, I ain't like I ain't like X, which was to me That's at the up. at that time. I'm like, damn, dude. I mean, I'm supposed to been your man. man. He put you on. Use a murder. Use the original murder. Ink. Remember Jay, yep. X, and him. Yeah, but you know how it goes, man. We see, we've seen so many people that have dealt with addiction, still deal with addiction, uh -huh. who are homeless, who they sit down with a counselor that one that maybe once or twice a week that they get to do that. That's refreshing for them, because that's a road to recovery. Got to start off somewhere. This is why myself now. Is where I'm coming to realization. It's maybe it's time for me to stop running away from the idea of therapy. Maybe it's time for myself personally. Yeah, I, it's something that I need to do. That's for me. Like I said, I've been I've been in counseling since the age of twelve, and I and I have no shame in saying that because there's, there's no reason for you to be. No, nah. we all we need that. Yeah, we in the black black men in the, as black men, we need some form of counsel. I don't. Not if you're dealing with your drug. It's just in the general because we see so much shit that goes on in our life. Well, you, you think about this too, man. As black men, we step out the door. We're fighting. Yep. You know, you don't know when that day's going to come if the police decide to fuck with you. Mm -hmm. You go to work. You know, you got your you got your friends who are, you're, you're the cool black guy in the office. I don't have that problem. I love no. my third shift job because yeah. I have this part of my anxiety is I don't like being around a lot of people, people. unless I'm playing basketball because I that's the narrative that I control. But like I used to work the first shift job. I used mm -hmm. to do all that shit. I used to be around people. Once my brother died, I started slowly fading away from people. Yeah, you yeah you fell back. And now I, I'm much more content. My third shift. Now people tell me I can't work third shift. That's you. I yeah. have, that's my piece. That it. Yep. My peace. I have a job where nobody bothers me from midnight to eight in the morning. I'm by myself. That's I'm, solace. And it's so, tranquil. It's tranquil. Really? Yeah. I'm alone in my thoughts. And sometimes my thoughts 
wander off. Sometimes if they go left, then I'll get anxiety because I'm by myself. But you know what? There's nobody around bothering me. Nope. Nope. I I get that, man. I get that. You know, my anxiety issues, well, they were always there from the time I was, I, I was young. Yeah, I know. You was quiet. That was one thing me and you was cool about. You, we, you was a quiet dude. That's why me and you got along so, but we was tight. You was yeah. quiet. I was outspoken, brash. So we was the yin and the yang. I've always known that about you. You was a quiet yeah. dude. It's like, it's like, yo, Mike, Mike, Mike's quiet. I'm like, and I, I'm the one with the big mouth. <laughs> Because, you know, we were using classes with me. I had a mouth. I'd be quick to say something to somebody. That was the reason why I got in trouble, because of my mouth. Yeah. I want to read something to you. I'm going to read something to everyone. Anxiety is literally just conspiracy theories about yourself. Think about that. And it, and it took me a minute to process that because I'm like, damn. Damn. Conspiracy theory against about myself. Woo. It made me think about that. I had to think about that one for a minute there. I had to really stop and think about that. But I realized something as I got older. I always had anxiety. I had anxiety because at a, at a young age, your father raises his voice. Instantly you think, oh shit, shit's about to hit the fan. Mm -hmm. You know, my mother... Tried to defend, you know, my brother and I. She did. She did what she what she felt was right. She also felt that we needed to have a father. As I got older and started telling her, I don't need. I don't need him. I don't need him to be there. I don't. Need, we. I, we're better off without him. That's how I felt about my father. I, he wasn't around for so long. It just got to the point where he's like, you know what? I don't need him. Right. I got to elementary, mm -hmm. middle school, training school for one year. High school, but like I told you, the story where he showed about my high school graduation yeah. without being invited, intervention. <laughs> like yeah. that, that that word when people say there must have been divine intervention. No, you know? I just think my mother reached out to him and was like, "You need to be here." Yeah. See, my father, yeah, I'm good peoples. As we discuss mental health, you know, digging, dig, you know, you dig a little deeper, you begin to understand some of the. The, pers the traits and the personalities that go with certain things. And my dad had, he had so many issues from his youth. Well, your dad was in the military, so you, he had issues because of being in the military too. Was he well, in the he, wars? No, he, he wasn't in the wars. The only war he was in was that he, 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 he drinking battles. That's about That's it. Nigger. And I'll say this, there was a lot of niggerish shit. <laughs> and, you know, I watched, you know, I watched, I watched my mother try to hold a family together and as a young kid your sixth sense kicks in and you and it starts to make you mature and grow faster than what you need to mm -hmm. because my house was never a really it wasn't always a settled a settled uh, settled environment in a, in, a, in, a, in a real safe one you know you get to a point where your father feels like he can go out there and spend money any any or which way, and you hear your parents arguing over money, then you already know what's going to come. There's a possible, there's a fifty fifty chance your mother's going to get beat up on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a Sunday, or your mother's going to get smacked across the face because she purchased you a new pair of sneakers because you needed the sneakers. You know, you didn't know, you didn't know where you stood with your father, but he tells you you're a fat ass kid. So I dealt with a lot of shit. Um, you you guys have no idea that 
you know, it as an adult, I really didn't talk to him until I had to really like deal with him in a sense of, hey, you know, I'm going to be a father. And I was 23 going on 24. And um, what he said to me kind of it, it, it kind of blew my mind and kind of it blew my mind. What I told him I was going to be a father. He said, you know, he's as long as the kid got your last name, then I'm down. <clears throat> and from that point, that was 2000. Fast forward to 2004, my father has, you know, he's diagnosed with colon cancer. By 2006, my father passed away from bone cancer. So, literally and figuratively, if you want to get technical, I had approximately about six and a half years of having a father. So, I, was, I felt cheated. Out of 30 years of life, you break it down to six and a half out of that six and a half, you want to say you maybe had about a year, maybe two years of peaceful interaction. That's a situation was similar to mine. Like I told you, I graduated in 95. My father passed away two years later. I had two years. And mind you, my oldest son was born in 96. And I never introduced my oldest son to my father because like I, the relationship was new. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to try to like introduce somebody. Where you didn't even know the man. Like, I've never really knew my father. My uncle Dennis, God rest his soul, I knew more than my dad. I still don't even know most of my father's side of family. And they live in Rhode Island. I, I got an uncle Norman. I talked to him. I need to chop it up with him to find out more about wherever I come from from that side. Yeah. But I just don't know. I'm at that point where I've been alone for so long. I know my mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Dad who raised me. Yeah. So I don't know how to reach out to him and be like, hey, I want to know about my dad. See, but this is a lot of shit that I think about, man. This is exactly why the black black community is fucked up as far as where we are mentally and with our mental health and our status with our mental health. You see, I see it every day at my, you know, at my job. I know there's kids who come from some really messed up situations. Because you have experienced, you've experienced now and you're an adult and you can pick that off right away. You see a kid or you know their situation if they get in trouble and you you hear about it, you be like, it, it, it reflects or you pick up on it because you've experienced, you've lived it. So you know. I know, because I used to work at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. I know kids that act out. I see them. Yep. And and I don't even have to say nothing to them. I don't have to have a conversation with them. I know when I hear people talk about them. Like mm-hmm. some of the staff, they're like, oh, that kid right there, he's a problem. Yeah. When he comes in here, we have to tell him to do this. Yeah. And when they say that, because it reflects back to me in fourth grade, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And how I was acting. And I wasn't acting just to be acting. Yeah, sometimes I fucked up because, well, you're kids. Yeah, that's kid but shit. But shit that goes on in our life where you're a kid and you don't know how to deal with it. So you act out. And that's the thing. You got to realize, too, man. Just like, you know, we were forced into being young adults before we were even young adults. We were put into adult situations that, you know, I sit there and I think about this, man, is that. I was fighting my I was fist fighting my father at the age of 13, 14 over my mother. Well, he was putting his hands on your mom. Yeah. You but but that's the shit that fucks with me mentally, man. I fucks with a lot of people. I've done four my mother had a boyfriend who put his hands on him. And this was but I was older than I was in my twenties. And I literally whooped wanted to whooped his ass. Me and my boys got him in front of our apartment in Pawtucket. Mm-hmm. It was gonna beat his ass. And I can remember my mom being on the third floor. 
and she knew he was gonna fuck him up because he tried to get cute with my mother. And she was like, "Don't do nothing." I'm like, "Nah, we got him now. You, you, you want to shake hands on my mom? What's wrong with you?" Remember one time I was on home confinement because I got myself jammed up and I had to stay at my mom's. Mm-hmm. And our boyfriend came over and he was drinking. And then my uh, niece and nephew, they were little at the time, they slept over. Now he came in the house drunk, running off at the mouth. My mother's like, you need to chill out. Like my grand, my grandbabies is here. Mm-hmm. And he said some slick shit. Now I'm in the living room, I'm my home confinement, I got the ankle bracelet on. I hop up and I'm like, yo, Chill. He said some slick shit to me. I just went off and punched him dead in the face and commenced to like whooping on him. And my mom was like, chill, chill. And he, he tried to get slick. I'll call the whole confinement and throw you back in jail. I was on whole confinement for 90 days for some dumb shit that I did. But long story short, he never did that. But we see shit and it sets us off. It's, you go like that. Yeah. Example, your father had issue was put your hands on him. Your mom, you had defender. Dude was talking shit to my mother. I haul off and slap shit out of him. Because that's the shit we see in our life. Yeah, it's and that that leads to you're like basically you, you feel like you're fighting in the war. If you're, it, I I uh, look at it as being a, a time bomb. At any minute you can go off. Yeah, like there's times where I've snapped at um, people. And didn't even realize until after I said, and not like snap where I got physical, but like either something you said that set me up, and I'll snap at you. Yeah. And like yo, what the fuck? Yeah, that's because you carry that shit around, man. I, I'm only good people. Let's say it again. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a shrink. I'm none of that. Neither of us are. Uh, but it's <laughs> this just, is life experience. This is what we've experienced with two black men in our forties that have experienced similar things. And this shit affects your relationships with your significant other. Well, I'm single, so yeah. I don't have it. Isn't yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying that this, like, I can only, I can speak for myself that the way I was raised at times does come into play with. How with my marriage because my thing was when I got scared, nervous, full of full of anxiety, I would just shut down. I do that. Wow. Yep. I do the same. I've been in relationship with my last relationship, ten years with the person, and they'll tell you I've shut down. I was a shut down person. Yep. Leave me alone. Um, but I've also learned to find solace. Basketball is where I found solace at. Like, if I have an issue and I can't deal with it, I'm going to the court. Even if I'm by myself, take a basketball. I've lived, and I can tell you, when my brother was murdered, basketball got me through that because that's where I, I spent a lot of my time by myself shooting around. I won't talk to nobody. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I go to a basketball court. I've literally done spent, like, hours on a court shooting by myself. It would be in daytime, nighttime. I've done got up. One o'clock in the morning, walk to a basketball court just to shoot. It was uh, the nutso thing. Yeah, Keep me at work, yep. everyone. Yeah, that's how I dealt with it because I didn't know no other way to do it, and I don't turn to no alcohol. Nope. I didn't turn to no drugs. I did. I did the alcohol thing. You know, I got depressed. I suffer from depression, and I don't really care what y'all think about us after this show. <laughs> I'm being real with you. Straight up, I deal with depression. It hits you. It, it, people think depression is some phony ass shit. No, no. It's, this shit. It, it, it hits you and it makes you not want to do. You lose interest in things. But 
I can tell you at the age of 45, I turned 45 this past January and this podcast became my savior. Mm-hmm. You know, you if you have a significant other, you can confide in them and it's great. But you also have to remember that their the shit on their plate can't be too heavy either. So this is not just a platform. This is an outlet. When. Yep. Don't mind the siren in the background. It's just the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. But when I started doing this and I let Troy know what I was doing, you know, and, he, and you, if you don't mind me saying, when you told me that this is like, this is therapeutic for you. It is. Because I've, I've literally, I've never had a real outlet to express how I feel. Like I said, basketball is my solace. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I knew I had shit that I had to get off my chest and I was used to hear people do the podcasting. I'm like, yeah, that's something I want to do, but... I never knew how to do it. Yeah. And you do. did it, and I listened to your thing, and we go back, so it was like, it just felt natural. It was like, yo, and you're like, yo, come on the show with me. I was like, I bet. And when we did it, it's like, it just, we connected, and we work, we bounce off each other yeah. so well. This is what, this is what the show's here for, good people. We got to pay the bills real quick. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain to you. Troy, you know what I'm going to say. It's free? Yeah, it's free, man. Free it's free 99. Word. Free 99. And there's creation tools on this free 99 app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, oh, Apple yeah. Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you got them iPhones. And many more platforms. Pardon the noise in the background. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So and download free. free. Free 99. Yes. So download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, you know, we got about 18 minutes left in the show. Um, and then we started talking about DMX and Black Rob, we they both had uh, substance abuse issues, yes, they did. and you know, to me, people speculating on how DMX died to me, I think is really, it's really, it's fucking sad that the guy that everyone's posting and praising, a lot of you motherfuckers are calling the dude, you're still calling him a crackhead, but if he if he made music that touched your soul, who gives a fuck if he was a crackhead? Yeah. Who gives a fuck if he was addicted to crack? Who cares? Who cares? The man had to fight his own demons. I don't know Errol Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. The man fought his demons. He And he, he tried. Yeah, he and did. yeah, sometimes it got the best of him. But the man made timeless music. Mm-hmm. His music will live. You will always remember Rough Riders Anthem. Yep. Where my dog's at. That, yep. Up in here. Yeah. So you can't. Slipping. Yep. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna judge him because he he had did drugs or he was like a crackhead. Some people caught. Yeah. That's not what I remember him for. I remember nope. him for his music. His personal yeah. life was his personal life. Yeah. I don't. I'm not in that circle. I'm not in that circle to be passing judgment on him. And anybody in that circle that passed judgment on him, you're wrong because you really didn't ride for X like you said you did. Nope. That's a lot. Shit, a lot of you, like I said, I'm gonna go back to what I said in the beginning of the show. Your auntie Peaches is really your mother. 
that's I don't mean to laugh, but some people don't some people won't get that until they think yeah, about it. Yep. Yeah, you know. Yep, because your mom yo, y'all y'all some funny motherfuckers. You'll sit up there and talk shit about somebody. Call somebody a fag, but you'll be asking your homeboy to suck your dick around the corner. You talk shit about the crackhead, but you tend to forget your mother was sucking dick while you were in the next room. Yeah, I said that shit. You talk about the wino on the corner, but that was your father and your uncle. Passed out drunk in the car, puke or pissed all over themselves. And that's why you's a fucked up individual right now. Yeah, I said this shit. Fucking come at me. I don't care. Truth hurts. Let's be honest. What you're saying is true. There are people, I don't know if they're really listening to this, mm-hmm. but there are people out there that are going through that shit right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, and, and and you talk about your, yo, yo, my uncle, that, that motherfucker's a mental case. Well, hey, bro, the apple don't fall too far from the tree because you come from the same bloodline, chief. Mm-hmm. Or Chief Fett. A lot of y'all young ladies out here got mental health issues. Some of you brothers out here. Yeah. You talk about selfies all the time. You're looking for that reassurance. You're beautiful. You know you're beautiful. But y'all out here cocking your legs, passing your drawers out. You don't, And you're going to talk about, I don't need counseling. Yeah, you do. We all need counseling, counseling. some way. We all going through some shit in our life. And it's all right to admit that you might need counseling. So, it, it, there's, listen. Doesn't make you weaker. Doesn't no. make you less of a man or a woman. Nope. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we need that. I know I need it. I just, I'm not, I don't know how to go about it yet. I'm not saying I'm not. Well, Troy, I'll help you. I'll help you with that. It, it's, it, it's once you get into the process, once you get to that, you get your mindset like, yo, I need some help. Where do I go? Well, how do I begin to look? Find someone who's been down that path, man. I've been down that path. We got plenty of people in our family who've been down that path. Mm-hmm. You got, yo, I just get to that. I've gotten to that point where when I listen to people, because I've worked with people with mental health issues, I have my mental health issues. I work with kids who have mental health issues. And the real fuck up, the, the fucked up dismissive shit that people do is call somebody crazy. Yeah, it's that's a, the worst. That's a pussy fucking move. That's a straight sucker move. That's a cop out. Yeah. Cause you ain't never walked up. You ain't never. You you can't even lace that person's shoes up, let alone walk a mile in their shoes. True. And you talking about somebody? You talking about somebody's a pussy? Somebody's crazy? That motherfucker's crazy. That motherfucker's you, so. You know, yo, you shit. She yo such yo such and such is fucked up in the head. She really got issues and shit. That bitch is that bitch is bugging. Yeah, but here's the thing. You think she got issues, but you don't know what's going on in her life. Nope. Sure don't. And that's why I was saying about. You know about Black Robin X is that yes, we don't you know we don't know the pressures that they face because we're not you know we 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 weren't celebrities, we don't know the people who are in their corner who are just their yes men and not being truthful with them. You know. Yeah, because when you when you're a person in those situations and you got money and they you're in that limelight, you got mm-hmm. a bunch of people with their hand out, so they're gonna say whatever they want, mm-hmm. amp you up. And then when you hit that, when you don't got that money, because let's be honest, a lot of rappers, their career, once they go downhill, you're no longer looked at the way you was when you first started. Mm-hmm. So the yes men have now gone, and the yes men now do this, they're whispering, yo, 
Yeah. Yep. Yo, he wasn't a crackhead when you was getting money off him. No. But he was on top of his game. He was, yo, you're the greatest, yo, you're the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let, let, let that brother have a moment of weakness. He'd be the first one to go. Oh, it's the first person to be the first ones to shit on that person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mental health is something that is, it, it's not a game. Yeah, I, it, I've learned that now as I've gotten older because. And now the stigmatism that we have in the black community—it's a sign of weakness. Well, we're angry black men. Remember that we're angry black men. That's a stereotype. See, no, we, in our last podcast, we wasn't angry black men. We but, were, but it, it, there was no stereotype with that one. That's just that was the reason. Yeah, there's a exactly. But you know, when you get told you're an angry black guy, when you're told that you're a loser, when you're told that you ain't good enough, you're told that you're not man enough. Your manhood is measured on. How on what you do around the house, or what you whatever it is, that shit. You gotta look at the person who's coming at you with that shit and ask, what's your mental health issue? What's your diagnosis? You know, too many people. You know, we were just talking about that, man. Within our own community, man, you think about how many folks we know that grew up in fucked up situations and are still. You know, they they appear to be good on the surface, but we know deep down inside, you they got they're, some issues. They're a time bomb. There's a, there's a lot of people in our families and black communities. There's just one incident away where somebody will snap. Yeah, literally. Like, and that's the thing. But yet, I think between us, and I'm not, I don't want to like stereotype between blacks and white whites. They snap. We see about it. Mm -hmm. It takes us a little bit more before we, because we've dealt with so much more stuff. We deal with it. We got the weight of the world on our shoulders. So, like you said, the minute we're born, or we come out the womb, yep. we, 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 we got stress. As soon as you start being able to walk and talk, you got issues. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with shit. You got to. We got you, criterias areas. and expectations. Or we we're, we're not expected to do this because the well, the way other people look at us. Yep. So when you put all yeah. that on a person of color, black man, a black woman, hell yeah, we got things that. But we've also learned how to deal with it, and we we hide it. We hide it, but you know, you, we don't we don't like to show it because again, it is considered a weakness. Mm hmm. But we deal with so much other stuff that that shit goes to the bottom. That's not considered like the priority priority. Nah, it never. We deal with so much shit as far you know. You think about it, man. We're told that we gotta defend everybody, but we ha we get no love, no defense. You I'm, know, I'm all for defending people, but I gotta defend my own people first. Got I, I'll stick up for my people first, and then it's a checklist. My people first, my family, my closest friends. Okay. Yeah, the rest of yeah. yeah. Not what they society tells. Oh, you got to stick up when something goes on. Why do I need to worry about them? They're not worried about me. It's funny how when you have mental uh, mental health awareness month, right? You never see you, you really don't see a lot of black folks at the forefront. No. I think that's why there's so we have so many issues with the idea of mental health anyway because we've never seen Back when we was kids, you never saw that. You remember ever seeing anything like that when we was kids? No. But do you ever remember seeing a person of color come out and say anything like that? No. No. What we what what we dealt with was uh, 
You know, a little boo boo's a little special. Boo boo's special. Yeah, give him some. I was like, I remember that because Ritalin. That word. Ritalin. I remember. I remember we were Martin the King. They used to say that to you. Guy you need your medicine. Nurse, yep, go yep. to the nurse's office. Time to take a pill. Yep. Ritalin. That was, I took that shit for so long, and then I eventually, when as I got older, I stopped taking it, and I just eventually phased out of his need for it. Well, the thing is, they're quick to they're quick to give us a diagnosis. And then quick to give us medicine that only makes you worse. Yeah. You Cat know. Williams has the perfect. Remember, his son wanted to do nothing but run. Yep. Run, run, zoom, zoom, get up more, run, run, run. Mm-hmm. And school told him that he needed to take a pill. Yep. The pill slowed him down. He said to his son, "What are you thinking about? Running? Running? running. <laughs> yep. That, it's the truth, though. Yeah. I know we're gonna be that loud. Do you mind me starting? No, go on. No, do your thing, baby. So, things like that. Hold on, folks. She's cooking as we do in the show. I told y'all before, I don't edit shit. This is a raw show. It's a family show. Deal with it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Sorry. Nah, don't apologize. Like you said, this is real. This is what makes us who we are. We're not in, we ain't got no studio. The studio is the kitchen. We'll upgrade later. <laughs> so when we deal with shit, we, you have to deal with shit. It's so crazy now that we're older. We, we, we sit back and you think about all the shit that you go through. You're like, damn, we go through some shit. We do. We do. You know, I mean, it's like our whole, you look at the way, we're, the way we've been, the way we've been raised and the shit that we've seen, it's a pattern. It's, you know, we deal with teenage pregnancy. We deal with poverty. We're dealing with Unemployment. We're dealing with being un, you know, not uneducated, but undereducated. Educated. We don't get the same education. No, and that's and that and that's a mental that that affects your mental health. These are things that affect us in such a way that when we get into the real world, we some of us cherish the ver- the small things to the point where we're we're willing to die to keep what little we have because we haven't had we we, we were never given enough. Or told that we could achieve. That's true. You know, you I and you know, and for for a quick second, baby, do you mind if I use you as a as an example? I ain't gonna reveal shit, but I'm just saying, you know, like my wife and I, like they, you know, people look at us like, how how did these niggas get a house? How did they? How how are they even? You know, it's amazing how they they'll ask you. Or they'll even look at they'll look at the both of us, and this is this is how you know white folks got some mental health issues. So, I'll tell you a quick story before we wrap it up. We were in the store once, right? Now, as you know, she's tatted up. I'm not. Have you tatted up? I got like one or two. Yeah, she got like two. You know. How dare you? She's such a gangster. That one right You're there. Trouble. Yes. Continue. Trouble. Lots of trouble. But we were in the store. White couple see me. They're smiling. They're smiling. Hi, how are you? See her. Look at her. Look her up and down because she had her. She had scrub. Her, she had her scrub pants on and she had a tank top. I was still in my security uniform at the time. I was doing security. So she, she and I look at each other like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> then we get in line. They're ahead of us. They're smiling. At me again, hi. Then I move off to the side and they see her. 
all look at that beautiful brown skin with them beautiful tattoos. That's all mine. And as my wife eloquently said, was that just smiling all in his face, but he's the dude that will fucking kill you. I'm the sane one. He's the crazy one. Right? Yep. But that goes to show you white America. Yes, I did say white America. Yes, he did. Don't think I hate y'all because I don't hate because you ain't you don't rent any space up here. But this is the shit that we deal with. You sit there, put us, try to put us in the box. We're fighting to get out the box. We're fighting battles that you have no idea about. They have. We're fighting battles that you have no idea about. You can't even put my shoes on, let alone lace them up and walk in them. We deal with things, like I said, we get up in the morning as kids. Yes, my parents worked, but I had to worry about whether my mother, my mother had a black eye or, or a handprint on her face. I had to worry about if I was going to get beat or yoked up for something minor. You know? But, you know what? Play that, man, as we, go, as we exit out the show. Because I want to hear that whoa. It just it, it's just that it's amazing when people when you sit and talk to people who aren't the same color as you and they ask you about your upbringing and they look at you like oh my god you survived that I even have people within my family who know how I was raised and still look down upon me like this nigga's crazy <laughs> but as we Exit in the final minutes of this show. We got a little Black Rob playing for you. Because that shit is like, whoa. Whoa. Rest in peace, Rob. Once again, addiction is a mental health issue too. Not just the physical. Mm-hmm. So to those of you who sit there and tease someone for having a, uh, having a problem with alcohol or drugs or whatever the case may be. Take one day. You, it should be a law where you have to change. Your, you, have to, you have to exchange your consciousness. And go into that person's body and feel what they feel and, and see and, and, and share their thoughts. Friday. Yep. Yep. Figure out, you know, understand why they, how they're fighting to, they don't want to be this way. You don't understand that shit, do you? But it's been a great day to do two shows as usual. Helping myself out with my, my, ther- my therapy and my cousin Troy's therapy. Mm-hmm. It's a family show. And, um, Quickly before before we go, the show the show is no longer going to be titled "What's on My Mind." It's going to be titled "What's on Our Minds." There are two people. Yes, at times I may do a show solo, but on that note, thank you for your time. Have a great rest of your weekend, and may next week be prosperous for you all. Peace, love, and blessings. <laughs>